Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. Just a few thoughts today. I want to think about what it means to be an overcomer. And as we look at our world and as we look at things shifting so dramatically, uh, we really see the relevancy and the importance of being in our Bibles and to really have God's mind. And I want to talk about three things that help us walk as an overcomer. Because I see with you the caving of not only our society and their moral values, but also I see Christians that are vacillating and they, they are forgetting the truth of the Bible because maybe they are not taught well, maybe ignorance or life has gotten so busy uh, that they've not given it a high priority. And that can be all of us. But when these day and age when uh, Christians take on a worldly perspective, when they take on a secular uh, interpretation when there's a condoning of a cultural norm that goes against biblical teaching, then we must be really awake to understand the days that we're living in. We want to have an attitude of love, but we want to have a mindset of truth. We said this in previous uh, casts, when, when right cancels out love, it's no longer right. And what I mean by that is we are operating from the agape love of God that we receive on a personal basis, and therefore we are being loved by God perfectly, and the overflow goes to people. We're not people pleasers or looking to meet everyone's needs, but to love somebody means that we present truth to them in kindness without compromise at their capacity but maybe it looks different than what they may think. And I just think as Christians, we must uh, really understand the days that we live in and to know what we believe. And that's kind of the first thing that I want to think about as an overcomer. Know what you believe and fellowship with what you believe. Uh, because if it's just facts, the next intellectual will turn us around uh, with a cunning thought a vain philosophy. But if it's rooted and grounded in love and truth, then it's something that will be part of us, not just something that's uh, in our heads, but it's something that's active, it's something that's real, it's something that uh, shows us the reality of God. So an overcomer, someone who overcomes, who prevails, one who advances, one that uh, wins with God, we could say. Now, an overcomer, oftentimes in the book of Revelations, we see the promises in chapter 2 and 3 about special fellowship, special blessings, uh, special uh, rewards. These are all beautiful things that, that we can enjoy as an overcomer in eternity. But now we are called to be more than an overcomer in Romans chapter 8, 31 through 39 more than an overcomer. So God has not just told or showed us that we're going to just make it, but he's showed us that we're going to prevail, take back ground, 
uh, have a, an amazing win where the presence of God is manifest in our lives. And, and I want to look at a couple of verses here. Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, a verse that we have spoken about in our past. But behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you to the councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. And ye shall be brought before governors, kings, for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought of how or what you shall speak, for it shall be given to you in the same hour that ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. As you read more of those verses, you can see the promises of God that under opposition, God will be a faithful helper and give the confidence to stand and speak and to give an account and testify of the gospel. But I love these first words, be wise. I feel like today that many are uh, maybe looking at too many things and they're starting to mimic uh, what the world is saying. They say statements like, follow the science, when actually it's not science at all. It's, uh, it's absurdity, actually, in many ways. Many will uh, lean on the side of, uh, we're all in this together. So it's more of a compliant and more of a wishy-washy kind of let's all hold hands and sing kumbaya kind of thing. Uh, as Christians, we must be wise. We must look through, through with a spirit of contemplation and in the spirit of meditation and see the end of the matter. <clears throat> you know, some say, oh, it's not a big deal to smoke weed. It's not a big deal to drink a little bit. It's not a big deal to uh, look on things on the internet. It's not hurting anybody. But let me say this. Where does it take you? What does it do in your heart and mind? You know, I'll tell you what it does. The flesh wars against the spirit, and the, the light that we have becomes darkness. So it's a slow fade. It's a slow cook. It's a uh, confusion, an oppression, a depression, satanic uh, in, uh, involvement or infiltration, I should say. <clears throat> so when he says be wise as serpents, <clears throat> excuse me, we see that Serpents are calculated, they're quiet, they're looking, they're in a place of advancement or advantage usually, and uh, they're looking for a way to strike, and they're looking for a way to uh, move through wherever they are, or if they're hungry, they're looking for their next meal, and they're very calculated and very patient. And he's saying here that when, not if, you and I are taken or others are taken before others to give an account for our faith, he's like, be wise. Know what the word of God is. Um, and this is my point today as an overcomer. Don't worry about what you will say. Psalm 80 verse 10, God will fill your mouth because your heart is full of the word of God. Your heart is full of the promises of God. So know what you believe. Have it clear in your mind. Don't have a theology of apology, but have a clear understanding of who God is. And that leads me to um, my second point about the overcomer, is settle issues in your heart. Don't, like have a settled heart about what you believe. <clears throat> now I want to look over here in um, Psalm 18 with you. 
settling issues. There's so many people that, you know, ourselves included, myself included, that there are unresolved conflicts in our hearts that we carry around like baggage. It's like going to the airport and we have 15 bags and we're just dragging all the stuff that we think we need. And it slows us down. Uh, it bumps into other people. We become very needy. Uh, we become uh, not able to run the race with patience. So the second part of an overcomer is one that is able to settle issues and surrender them to God if we don't understand them. But we don't just uh, go back and forth in our mind and do mental gymnastics, but we surrender and wait on the Lord for issues we do not understand. Or we just simply accept what God has done and said and live in the outcome of it, even if we like it or if we don't. So in Psalm chapter 18, we see a great illustration of this. And again, uh, really, we could start at verse 19 where God's, he's bringing us forth into a large place. He delivers us because he delights in us. He rewards us according to his righteousness. And uh, verse 22, God's judgments, God's ways are before us. And that's our, that's our front view and our way of, of, of learning him. But it goes on to say this here, verse 26, With the pure thou shall show yourself pure. With the forward, you will show yourself forward. For thou will save the afflicted people, but will bring down the high looks. For thou will light my candle, the Lord my God shall enlighten my darkness. For by thee I have run through a troop, and by my God I have leaped over a wall. As for my God, his way is perfect, his word, the word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those who trust him. For who is God? Save the Lord, and who is the rock? Save our God. It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet and settles me or setteth me upon the high tower. He teacheth my hands to war so that the bow of steel is broken by mine arms. Great couple of verses here, but very importantly, um, we see that God has called us to run through a troop. Do you see that there? Verse 29. Now, with resistance and opposition, God says, you're going to run through it as an overcomer with me. You're not only going to survive, but you're going to thrive in my presence. I'm going to give you special wisdom, special strength, special discernment, prudence. Amos 5.13, you're going to have what you need when you need it. And not only are we going to run through the troop, we're going to leap over any obstacle that is set before us. Now, an overcomer Yes, he knows what he believes, or yes, she knows what she believes. Not only does she know it, but we are fellowshipping with it. We are having a relationship. It is not just head knowledge or theological concepts, but what it is, it's an active operational doctrine in our soul that is now demonstrated in practical details of life. That means acts of kindness, acts of service, acts of mercy, words maybe it's a it's our spirit our spirit is exuding what we are learning secondly we're settling issues this is where i think the devil really has an advantage and makes christians very needy uh serve me love me don't forget me what about me 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 you know this whole myoptic idea self-orientation that we all slip into but when we settle the issue 
when we settle issues that, okay, God, you are first, I am second. You're going to meet all my needs according to your riches and glory, Philippians 4.19. Uh, yes, we'll communicate, but yes, uh, I want to not look to be served, but to minister or serve unto others. That's what Jesus said. So our neediness uh, is a direct relationship to a hole in our heart where God has not filled that area. And somehow maybe we're preserving our life or trying to uh, go our own way. Um, but God says, I want to fill those areas. <clears throat> um, I want to fill that area that screams out, oh, it's not fair. It's not fair what's happened. Where's the justice? Where's the equality? That's a big word these days. And um, by the way, these words are very precious, but if they're defined on my secular or human platform, then uh, I'll sound just like the world. I'll sound just like the world, uh, like a liberal person. Uh, but, but the language of an overcomer is different. They are running with a mission. They don't have time to come off the wall like Nehemiah. They have a trowel in one hand and a sword in another. They're building something. They're defending it in the spirit. And it's too important to come down and be distracted with smaller things. That's why our mission today is not political. Our mission is spiritual, discipling people unto Jesus Christ. And uh, this is why we must settle issues in our heart. Let's say there's failure or there's been a problem or a genetical curse that springs its ugly head from time to time through uh through damaging thought patterns and or damaging actions or negative reactions or coping mechanisms that reinforce our flesh. Or <clears throat> what do we do? Well, we surrender those things to God. We don't try to protect them. That's why strongholds can be such an issue because the flesh protects the flesh. But when we surrender, surrender it in honesty, transparency, and vulnerability, we honestly say, hey, God, I cannot beat this, but you can. I cannot change this, but you can. And we take our identity from who Christ says that we are and not from what our sin tells us who we are or what people say that we are or even our successes tell us who we are. So we're jumping over the obstacles. This is amazing. God has given you and I special um, ability in Habakkuk 3.18, same principle. He'll give us the ability to grip and to hold on even on a great ledge when things look like they're going to fall apart. God is saying, I have you. I have you. <clears throat> so the third point about an overcomer is that they walk in faith. They walk in faith. What does that mean? Well, oftentimes things don't happen until we step out of the boat. And when we look at 2 Corinthians 5, 7, I love this translation. It says, I think it's the New Living. <clears throat> it's like we walk in wonder and not in what we understand. And we see this here in uh, Psalm 28, verse 7. So an overcomer. This doesn't mean we're doing everything perfect. It doesn't mean we're doing everything right the first time. We may take two steps forward and take a step backwards. But the point is not the failure. The point is how we get up. I think that's the spiritual maturity that we could say in a believer's life is how soon do they get up? The righteous fall seven times, but the ungodly stay down and continue in mischief. Now, I'm not condoning that we should live in chronic sin, but the point is uh, the way to recovery and restoration 
is through repentance and reaching for things that are that are um, that are from God. And I'll just say this about our cancel culture. You know, as certain heroes of ours have been uh, canceled by the world, and uh, we we see this as a growing um, issue where. Um, we want to walk in accountability. We want to walk in responsibility. We want to walk in faith and honoring uh, the, the mandates of God. But we also want to act, get help if we need help. But we also want to be very careful not to uh, cancel out um, or to judge somebody based on one part of their life. And by the way, who are we to judge? Matthew 7, 1, Romans 2, 1. Romans 14, 4, uh, that's the work of God. And if we do that, no matter what kind of facts that we may have, their sin comes off of them onto us. So be very careful. An overcomer is very careful not to throw stones. Now, I say that to say this, is that as Christians, we must know what we believe. We must have the God of the Bible be the God of our heart. We can't just add in our own nuance of, of uh, liberalism or, um, and because if we do, we become a Pharisee. We become someone that is um, now a judge rather than a minister of life. Well, uh, Psalm twenty-eight seven, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices with my song. Will I praise you? The Lord is my strength. He is my saving strength of his anointed. Save your people. Bless your inheritance. Feed them also and lift them up forever. Amazing. The Lord is our strength. The Lord is our strength. I, uh, With you, uh, just thinking about uh, gender confusion or gender euphoria, uh, the culture where people are pleasing uh, one another, or accolades or patting each other, on the back and living in more of a soul attachment, uh, we must not let this creep into uh, our churches uh, or our faith. But truth is sharp, but it's also healing. You know, if someone has cancer or has a, an infection, they're not just going to throw a Band-Aid on it and just talk to it. No, they're going to, there might be an operation. There might be some some medicine that's very strong that will um, address the root cause. And I think as overcomers, as we're running through a troop, we can't let things stick to us. We can't, we have to keep our mind and eyes focused on the prize. Otherwise, we'll lose our strength, we'll lose our joy, we'll lose our purpose, we'll lose our way, actually. So again, uh, an overcomer is knows and fellowships with the God of the Bible. It's not enough just to quote a Bible verse, but it's we must demonstrate the power of God through the Holy Spirit in that Bible verse. And how is that possible? Well, we live and fellowship and worship around the truth that we've received in John seventeen seventeen. That truth sanctifies us and sets us apart for God. Without that, the next intellectual will change our minds. We have to have something deeper than just intellect. We must have a fellowship, a surrendering, and a beautiful worship with the God of the Bible. So think about this with me. Uh, we also must have uh, settle issues, settle the issues in our heart where 
We are surrendering what we don't understand and trusting God for those things that he has led you and I to. Maybe it's a marriage issue. Maybe it's a relational issue. Maybe it's a financial issue. Maybe it's a physical issue. Uh, you know, again, it's so easy to say, oh, God, why me? Why is this happening? And that's a, that's a normal question, but it's not the right question. The right question is, Lord, what are you going to do uh, in my life through this situation? Now, often that might not be our first response, but we're looking at this in a, uh, in a way where, uh, you know, we're seeking the, the, the author and finisher of our faith. It's not just facts. It's not just literature. But now it's a relationship where we lay ourselves down. In Jeremiah 15, 16, we eat the word or meditate on the word or have the word minister to our heart in a way where it causes a joy and rejoicing in our heart. And this is the amazing thing. When we can't do it, or when we hit a wall, it's the Lord that lifts us up over these walls and causes us to be a victor. Not a victim, not licking my wounds and complaining about what's wrong and all these, how people didn't come to my my aid and, and why it is that the world is the way it is. I mean, the complaining is like licking our wounds. You know, it's like licking the putrefying sores. But the point is, is this, it's like we want to be in an attitude of worship where we let go of the things we cannot control and put them into the, into the capable hands of God and then walk forward in faith and say, okay, Lord, um, this loss is producing an, uh, a way for a greater gain. You're removing something to add something else. Um, and our emotions and our flesh, we, we really, they have to be governed by the words of God because he's going to call us to run through a troop and jump over a wall. <clears throat> it's the only way to be wise, to be wise as a serpent and innocent as a dove. To, to preserve the purity, to preserve, uh, so we don't get um, we don't get cynical. I think cynical or sarcasm uh, undermines sincerity. So we want to really watch um, just how we process information because the the runner in First Corinthians chapter nine, he's running, pressing towards the mark of the prize of the high calling. What's his mindset? It's the finish line. That's his mindset. He's looking to finish strong. And uh, right now, as our nation is changing and the landscape is becoming more turbulent, um, this is the time to prepare your heart with joy and hope and with uh, conviction. I mean, we have a lot of great opportunity in front of us, so this is not all doom and gloom. But I find many don't really have a strong conviction about eternal security. Many don't understand the value of the church. Uh, many don't understand the importance of soul winning. Uh, forgiveness is often the last resort rather than the first resort. Um, you know, one, one Polish pastor mentioned this, that a, a church is like a lighthouse, and a lighthouse does not shut off its light in the middle of a storm. And I've heard all kinds of things about, and I'm not the church's judge, but... Um, Churches should be open in some capacity to minister life, and we can be creative in gathering on online or or small groups. 
but to shut down entirely is is very sad. It's very sad. So <clears throat> that we um, we're seeing as an overcomer is we don't look for escapisms. We don't look for the easy way out. We don't look for the most pleasing way that culture will pat us on the back or some <clears throat> uh, secular moron will, will say something nice about us. No, it is honoring and pleasing God and and having a creative way and a a grit to us that says, hey, listen, um, we're going to be faithful to God. We're going to confess him before men, and he'll confess us before his Father. For if we do not confess him before men, we he will not confess us before his Father. So as an overcomer, maybe you feel weak today. I know I do sometimes. I feel uh, not capable to do what is expected, maybe. The issue is not our strength. The issue is 610 of Ephesians to stand in the power of his strength. So today, whatever you're facing, maybe you're raising a family, maybe you're uh, working a job, maybe you're um, worried about something or someone, uh, cast those cares onto the Lord. Don't run around with bags on your back. It's just going to it's gonna break your body, break your spirit in the wrong sense. It'll weaken you. Daniel 7.25, that's the devil's plan, is to weaken the saints. But be wise. Remember, you're the overcomer because of Christ overcame the world. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, he has overcome the world. That's a great thing to confess every day. Jesus, you have overcome the world and you're in me. And greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And when we have this conviction, we're not, we're not needy. We're not just like these needy, you know, Christians that are like, you know, offended by the wind, the whim of the air. Oh, he didn't talk to me or didn't wave at me or didn't spend time with me or didn't return my calls. There's no time for that petty stuff. It's like we must be confident uh, in Christ's mind and nature about who we are in him, having a grace identity, and then giving lots of grace and understanding that people are just people, sinners saved by grace, and they will fail you. People will dif- will disappoint you and I. So that's not a that's not if, but it's when. So in great peace have they that love the law of God, and nothing shall offend them. One nineteen, one sixty five of Psalms. This is the overcomer's mindset, and this is why in one forty four one of Psalms is that. We're able to teach our hands and fingers to war and fight because we do it on our knees. We do it with wisdom. We do it in an attitude of love and care and grace. But but think about this. If we don't do what we do, what the, the, the greater outcome yeah, will happen. Some people say, oh, if you do this, this, and this, you know, maybe that'll work. Maybe that won't work. Maybe that you know, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe that's a bad idea. I would say this. What happens if we don't do it? What happens if we stop preaching? What happens if we stop going? What if we? What happens when we stop loving? Uh, the deficit and the hate will grow. And, um, and I would just say this, is when you talk with other people, you can be very kind, but know what you believe and communicate it clearly. Not in a combative way, but in a way that will cause the person to think about the foolishness that they're thinking about. And then just to encourage other people. <clears throat> I'm, I'm on Soul Winning recently, and we meet other Christians, and it's so good to fellowship with them. But also I think they're wondering, wow, this person is still active in their faith, 
I need to be active in my faith. So we're provoking one another unto love. And just be careful. I, I just sense the, the importance to say this. Be careful not to sound like the world and, and to use the same language as the world in these uh, canned statements, the party line, as I call it, the party line. And don't forget, in Marxism, if they cannot refute the argument, they will find ways to shut it down. And that's what they did in the 60s and 70s. Uh, beyond the Iron Curtain, people would disappear. The 80s, uh, if they couldn't control them, they killed them, they kidnapped them, they sent them off to the gulag. Um, you know, we pray that doesn't happen in, in our in our nation. But, um, no. and by the way, just encourage us again, no matter how weak truth looks, it's still true. And no matter how powerful falsehood looks. It's still false. So we don't want to live in fear. Isaiah 51, 11 through 13, do not live in the fear of the oppressor or the fear of the fury of the oppressor. We don't want to live in fear. And it goes on to say, if we do, we forget our God. And then it goes on to say in verse 13 of Isaiah 51, um, we will one day say, where was the fury anyway? You know, it wasn't as bad as I thought or what it was. It caused me to lean into God more and not to be anxious or stressful, uh, thinking that I, I can do this in my own strength because we can't. So let's run through a troop today. Let's jump over a wall. God is faithful. God will have the last word. You are an overcomer. The issue is not falling down. It's just getting up quickly and making it right, not making a provision for the flesh. And to glorify God in your weakness, and in your weakness, God's strength is made stronger in you. God bless you. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.